Welcome to the Alive Active Shooter Survival Training Program, where the experts break down active shooter incidents to discuss and assess each event to help you stay alive. This is your host, security expert and creator of the Alive Active Shooter Survival Training Program, Michael Julian. Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Alive Active Shooter Survival Training Program podcast. Uh, I've got a couple of guests joining me today and I'm going to introduce them in a second. Um, as um, the listeners and watchers know, this is a bi-weekly podcast uh, put on by the Active Shooter, Sur uh, Active Shooter Survival Training uh, Program. And uh, we talk about different topics, well, all topics are related to active shooter. Uh, but most of them are when there are events, we talk about the events, we break them down and we see how the training, the alive training might have helped people uh, react properly to survive or highlight the good things that they have done. Um, I just last Friday uh, attended a uh, church active shooter survival program. It was an all day program put on by a company similar to mine out of the Midwest. Uh, it was a pretty good program. The, the, there was a lot of parallels, so that's always refreshing because I see that other companies are teaching the good stuff and not the bad stuff, which is scaring people before they teach them how to respond to these sort of things. Um, but it was very interesting. And uh, again, the, uh, the principles, the foundation, the fundamentals of, of, of Active Shooter uh, can be applied in churches or anywhere, but it was neat to see it actually applied and tour the church and I took several pictures to see, you know, kind of think how, how would you apply live in these certain situations? So uh, it was a really good class. So uh, joining me today, uh, we're going to, from a company called Eagle Technology, which is an Albuquerque based sensor company established in 2015 in response to mass shooting events uh, and terrorist threats in the U S and abroad. It is a, uh, this company provides a service that is essentially shock detection. It's not really a hearing, but a, an energy sensing uh, system. And with me today from that company is Jennifer Russell. She's a senior vice president and co-founder of this technology. She's a Boston, Na Boston native and U.S. Navy Gulf veteran. So thank you very much for your service, Jennifer. Um, and a physical security specialist with over 13 years of experience. Jennifer worked with Pacific Northwest National Labs to develop uh, a viable, affordable, and scalable indoor and outdoor active shooter mitigation technology, which they call Eagle. Uh, also, David Galush, he's a West Coast Region business, West Coast Regional Business Manager, Business Development Manager for Eagle Technology. He's a, also a U.S. Navy veteran. Uh, David, thank you for your service. Retired law enforcement officer of 26 years. He's got an extensive background in emergency response teams, SWAT and uh, firearms training and 15 plus years in global security management. So I want to thank you for both being here and welcome you to the Alive podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. So, um, you know, I have not had on this podcast before a company that provides a, a system or technology or product or anything uh, in relation to active shooter survival. Uh, for one reason, we've only been do them, doing these podcasts for a few months, but two, I have not necessarily been in talks or conversations with companies that provide what you guys provide and felt strongly enough to say, hey, 
let's uh, let's bring them on and talk about what they have. I will do more of it in the future as I'm comfortable with other programs. But after talking with Dave and then the conference call, Jen, you and I had, um, and kind of going over the your product and watching the videos and so forth, I have to say that I'm pretty comfortable. Um, I, I I don't know if endorsing is the right word, but but and partnering sure, certainly isn't the right word. But I would say co-branding or sharing your technology with my viewers and my clients, because I have always said that this this there will be a shift in this paradigm. Things will start to change because right now active shooter events are going like this. And someday I believe they'll start to go like that. It's not going to be anytime soon, but it will be be because of training like the Alive program and technology and products like Eagle technology has. Um, I think active shooter or rather a shot detection is a, if it's a good system, it is imperative. Uh, and also uh, intrusion detection, or excuse me, intrusion um, uh, deterrence or, or uh, things that will actually stop someone from getting into a room, and the training to do what is necessary once this active uh, shooter threat or active killer threat begins. So I want to welcome you guys uh, to the podcast, and thank you for being here. So who wants to go? Somebody tell me about, uh, tell my viewers and listeners about the, the Eagle technology product, how it works. Uh, you know, give us an overview, a, a snapshot, so we kind of understand that. You'd like me to go, Dave? Would you like to, to speak to I'll it? I'll let you, since you're the VP and senior VP and the founder, I'll let you go first and let me know if you need me back you up anymore. Okay, sure, thank you. Um, Michael, so a little bit about Eagle. Um, we actually, the Department of Energy was one of my customers um, in the physical security space for a number of years and had um, made it known to me that they were going to be developing a wireless gunshot sensor um, shortly after the Sandy Hook incident. And they had asked if it would be possible for us to integrate this particular sensor that they were developing into um, existing building security systems, you know, cameras, access control, um, emergency notification, and all those kind of um, things. And so, you know, th that started the audit for us we, we began building the eagle we started to um, you know have focus groups um, after action reports of all the prior incidents we reviewed them um, wholly and entirely in a hundred times you know what has to happen you know we wanted to um, you know get the notifications out a lot sooner to um, law enforcement than waiting for the first 911 call and we wanted this to be primarily autonomous um, so that um, while people are, are in a state of panic and not knowing what to do the system will take over and um, push out those notifications, live stream cameras so we can get um, situational awareness and also activate any other um, particular countermeasure technology that might be helpful um, for that situation. So Jennifer, so essentially, and if, if you can touch on the difference between energy detection and sound detection, because you know, you've both made it clear to me that this is not something, this is not just a listening device. This is something that literally f detects the physical change in atmosphere. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. Um, so with the Pacific Northwest National Labs, um, they're able to determine that there's a very specific energy level that's created from the discharge of a firearm. There's like a snap, sensors which are passive, passive or kind of come alert when there's whatever that baseline energy level is for 22 caliber, the sensors are going to come alert, um, grab the waveform of the round traveling through the air. This is all executing in, in you know, half a millisecond. 
um, pushing it out to the Eagle server, and then whatever scenario goes into that particular sensor to have activate will start activating within about four seconds. Um, the energy level and the waveform uh, is, is very unique. Um, the reason that the Department of Energy created this in particular is that we looked at in the focus groups and we saw with the Sandy Hooks and things like that, um, is that the, the wired technology that had been deployed and has been out in the field and been in the marketplace for a long period of time um, was acoustic signature match technology. It has a very, um, it's very power hungry. It has a high false read rate. It required, um, you know, CAT6 power to be to brought to every sensor that deployed along the wall. It was very cumbersome and very expensive to deploy. And so, um, you know, we, we went with the Pacific Northwest National Labs, wanting to go wireless, uh, making the deployments on the ceiling, more coverage areas, 31,415 square feet per sensor, um, to make it more affordable and easily deployed and very scalable. Okay. Um, that's pretty techno technological stuff, which is uh, over my head, but that's okay because, um, uh, you know, that's what we have people, smart people like you for, uh, because I don't understand any of that. But essentially, uh, and by the way, can you show the sensors? That's pretty cool. Because one of the first things that I thought of is if you put this in a school, kids are going to be kids and they're going to knock them off the wall. But those are put on the ceiling and they look like any other fire alarm or sensor or whatever. That's not the type of thing they're probably going to screw with if they even notice, right? Correct. And that was, that was one of the biggest things. The sensor itself is about the size of a 50 cent piece, the diameter of a golf ball. And we encase it in, in this IP67 case. It's battery operated, a seven year battery life. This is a passive sensor, just like a smoke detector. It's going to sit up on the ceiling. Um, we can have these all different colors and what have you. You don't even notice that they're there. Um, and it's basically waiting for that, that crack from the discharge of a firearm. It will come alert. That's when it's going to grab that waveform. Um, and then whatever's programmed into this sensor, which is we call adaptive response. I want to live stream cameras one, two, three, four. I want to call Bill, Sue, and Sam. I'm calling 911. I'm going to tell everybody in the building to safety in place because there's a threat outside. Or I'm going to tell everybody on the floor two that there's a threat on, on floor one. So I'm, I'm providing that situational awareness autonomously. Um, we're also alerting 911 and anybody else who's on the security detail that has to respond whether it be um, you know, an SRO in a school situation, um, police departments, law enforcement, uh, CSOs, and in a corporate environment. Whoever's okay. on the list will get notified. All right, so, and, and one thing that you, um, for some reason the camera's not changing over to me, so I gotta go to gallery view. One thing that um, <laughs> I thought was interesting, tell me again how many square feet one of those puck sensors will actually cover. The indoor sensor covers um, 100 foot radius, which is 31,415 square feet. That's pi times 3.14. So that's a lobby, um, you know, uh, part of a hallway, um, outside in a parking garage floor. Um, the outdoor sensors will cover 150 foot square foot radius. So that's uh, 71,000 square feet. 100 and... 50, 50 square, square, feet. square foot radius. Okay. Um, I'm trying to picture what that looks like. So on an average school, um, that would be, uh, well, every corner, obviously, would that cover everything? Well, I mean, how many, know, how many, how many would you need, you know, on a, I'm trying to picture in my mind, 
how many square, how many feet, like how many linear feet, like one's on the corner and then how many feet down the, down the building do you have to have another one? You'd actually want to put them in this, like in your lobby area. You'd want to have it in the center of the, on the ceiling, turn a corner um, and you're going down a hallway. You want to have one in, in the first part of the hallway and at the very end in case, you know, so somebody from shooting from behind, you want to get the, the shot um, picked up um, from both ends of the hallway. Um, okay. If you want to go inside the classrooms or if you want to go inside offices or conference rooms, you have to add another sensor. Um, but we you know for, by and large, our deployments are in the, the high um, soft target areas, high value soft target areas, you know, where people are going to congregate, the lobbies, the cafeterias, the um, gymnasiums, school bus drop off areas. So if, you, so if you had these in the halls you would also have to have them in the, in the individual classrooms if you wanted that part covered because would the walls and doors affect the ability to detect that energy? If the door's closed, yes, sir. Okay, 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 interesting. Um, all right, so in the hallways though, but in the hallways, every linear, how many feet, you know, a few hundred feet, I would think, or 70, 80, 90 feet between sensors? 180 to 190 feet. We overlap. Okay. So we, we have a hundred foot radius detection. So we want to place them every 180, 190 feet. So we have a little bit of 10 foot overlap. Okay. So it would not, uh, so it's going to cover the, the public areas. When I say public, I mean the, the high traffic areas like hallways and then outside. And that is going to be, I would think pretty effective because that's likely definitely where a shooter is going to try and, kill people is where the majority of people are. Now, like in the case of Nicholas Cruz at um, uh, Marjorie Stoneman High School, he went up the stairwell and shot through the window in the, in the door in two classrooms and killed people. He didn't actually go through those doors, but he was in the hallway when that happened. So that immediately would have, would have notified the appropriate people. So, so let me walk through this to make sure I understand it. So someone fires a gun, the sensor picks it up, it immediately, it, it, it recognizes the energy, and if I'm not mistaken, it knows what caliber weapon it is? Yes, sir. Okay, so it recognizes the caliber weapon. It can be programmed for analytics and smart stuff so that it turns specifically the attention of the, the camera brain, the CCTV camera brain, to the appropriate uh, cameras. So that is now spotlighted for anybody watching. Yeah. Yes. At the same time, it notifies, I would imagine whoever you've set up in the menu and list of people to be notified in this instance, correct? That's correct. Which would also obviously include law enforcement. Yes, sir. And first responders. And then is there the, the ability to, uh, to coordinate a lockdown? I mean, I would assume that's an add-on, and I don't know if that's something your company or one of the other, like an access control company, would, would do integration with your system. But I would think there's some kind of physical access control that can then be implemented. Yes, sir. So we have um, an open architecture, an open API. It's using the REST protocol. Uh, we can integrate with access control systems to provide that um, you know, the activation of, of uh, locking down doors um, in cases, uh, Virginia Beach shooting, um, you know, he just uh, should have discharged a firearm, a suppressed weapon, which we can also pick up because it's still the same energy level and waveform. But he would, he discharged a 45 
um, at his his former boss. Um, you know, at that point, our outside dragonfly would have picked up the the, the shots fired, notified people indoor that indoors that they had an active shooter threat outside, would have called 911, and also would have facilitated a lockdown of those perimeter doors so we had no further access into the building. We called it geofencing. Yeah. Um, so this is all happening within seconds of shots fired, you know, and if you, if you, if you talk to, or if you saw the interviews of the people that survived, um, we didn't know what it was outside. We didn't know that there was an active shooter threat outside. And when they heard the noise inside, he shot two more people on the inside lobby area, somebody seeking a permit and one of the employees. Um, they heard shots fired, but they were convinced it was, con it was construction equipment. They're walking outside in the hallway. What is that? What is that? Um, and nobody knew, you know, and probably 11 people could have gone home that night had they, you know, been alerted that there was a threat outside. And, th and it's the same thing with Parkland. Um, you know, we were, we were contacted by a couple of the parents, you know, that these kids thought it was a fire drill or an active shooter drill. They, they, they heard in the weeks prior that there was going to be a drill coming up and they were all looking on their phones. You know, it's another drill, you know, on the second floor or whatever, and, and exiting out the, uh, the back hallway. Um, so these people really weren't sure what was going on. Um, and these, this would have activated that, that alert within a couple of seconds of shots fired. There is a threat. This is real. Um, this technology is Six Sigma. If you get alerted, you have shots fired, you have shots fired. It's not like, well, let me go double check. Um, this, is, this is first alert. And then we can autonomously get these notifications out. Remember, everybody set up the perimeter. And he's running around inside doing whatever he was doing for quite some time, you know, and this would have kind of um, put a lot more things into action um, a lot sooner and, and, uh, and it could have mitigated some of, um, you know, the tragedy that happened there. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with, with the Sandy Hook. And we kind of modeled a lot of things after Sandy Hook and the, and the Aurora Theater and the Pulse nightclub and the TSA agent in L.A. Um, it was the information was getting out as fast as it should have. And, and then we found that a half a second, a quarter of a second, a millisecond meant everything to that person, you know, that was in that building. Yeah. Um, wow. That sounds like a great system. Now I am not a salesperson for you. Obviously I just love the technology and talking to you guys. So that's why I wanted to have you on. And since I'm not a salesperson, I am going to play devil's advocate because you know, if this is something I'm going to stand behind and promote and tell people about, I want to know everything that there is to know strength and strengths and weaknesses. So you said something that frankly, kind of blew my mind a little bit. You said that even with a silencer on, even with a, 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 um, uh, a muffling device, you say, which should, you know, for all intents and purposes to a layperson, change the energy of a shot of a, of a round fired. Uh, you're telling me that the, the system would still pick that up and recognize what caliber that is. Yes, sir. It's still creating, so it's, it's not a, it's not a noise based sensor. It's, it's an energy level and waveform. And what a, what a silencer does is silence the weapon. It's, it's making it quiet. Um, it's the same energy level and it's the same ballistic energy level, um, that's being created from the discharge of a projectile from around. Okay. So Michael from background, just on, you know, farms is that, you know, as that round, if you're, you know, for your layman's term and then what Jen said, it's still making the noise going through the air, even though it's been silenced. It may be a blank. It may not be a, a full weapon. We will pick up blanks even, uh, but it's the sound of that projectile traveling through the air that's going to set that sensor off. And I think that's pretty much the, that's what um, stands us out against a lot of the competitors. Again, like we, you talked originally and Jim said, we are not a listening device. It doesn't act as a listening device. 
it only picks it up once you hear you know that noise okay that the ambient noises make okay right I, I think it finally just clicked for me so i now i truly understand it so I can't, it kept going in my mind that it had something to do with, with the, with the audio waves, the frequency and so forth. But now that you said that, if you take the, you know, the compensator, the, the, this muffling, everything out of it, I now picture what you see in diagrams or, or, you know, mock-ups or whatever video fancy Hollywood stuff. I see a bullet going through the air with the lines of energy or whatever being separated by the bullet. And so it's actually, it's actually how the atmosphere moves based on the, 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 the projectile. Is that, would that be an accurate way mm -hmm. to, yes. to describe it? Okay. Yes. All right. So now I feel much smarter than I did five minutes ago. So thank you for that. Um, all right. Well, that's pretty great. So tell me what kind of clients you, you're putting these systems in. Do you want to answer that, Dave? Yeah, basically, every um, critical infrastructure within the United States, uh, as you know, there's 16 different critical infrastructures. Um, but there's, you know, law enforcement interesting. There's, um, you know, uh, low-income housing sectors. They're using a lot of the outdoor units versus the indoor because they have shots fired because uh, there's drug deals going on. Uh, gangs are going happening. Uh, any especially the energy sector, they're mandated by the energy sector actually to have some of these in their transmission locations because of NERC ship regulations. So uh, we're putting them in at different, um, you know, venues all across the United States, and that's now growing outside of the United States into the government sectors. Okay. So John, if you want to add anything to that about, you know more about all the ones that were added before I started. Yeah, so Michael, we, we designed this um, for, uh, primarily Sandy Hook, the Aurora Theater, TSA, and LAX, and what have you. Um, and so we began our deployments initially in K through 12, um, but we were breaking out into different um, verticals. Um, our hospitals have become a very active um, vertical for us. Houses of Worship, as Dave was saying, the SIP and FERC and NERC um, folks, and um, we're actually deployed um, pretty soon, you know, throughout, throughout the world. Um, for you know different applications, whether it be a perimeter fence line, um, school school bus stops, uh, city bus stops, airports, um, just about anywhere where the public is going to gather, malls, um, synagogues, you know, I said houses of worship. So it's kind of breaking out into everywhere. And every time we think we have like, okay, we had that um, vertical covered. Somebody called me from South Carolina and wanted to protect his duck preserve, and people were poaching his ducks, you know, and so. <laughs> We're going there now. <laughs> wow. So yeah. tell me, well, so schools, healthcare, government facilities, and, and you said in anywhere the, the public gathers, but it's private areas as well. Like there's government agent, probably government buildings where the public is not welcome that these, these, that your system would be very effective. Yeah. Oh yes. Well, you know, the insider threat, you know, is always, um, you know, consideration is constantly a consideration. The, um, the Metcalf incident where there's no people present there at the transformers and somebody sat there for 12 or 15 or 20 hours or whatever it was and shot out the transformers, you know, yeah. disrupting power supply for a number of people. But yeah, um, yeah so pretty much anywhere. Um, we, we are deployed with some energy companies for remote sites that kids are at ATVing out in the middle of nowhere and pulling out their shotguns and shooting at their, their assets that are deployed all over. Um, you know, these areas. So uh, yeah, there's application. Okay. Almost anywhere. Now 
Tell me if you can, why energy sensing is more effective than sound sensing. Uh, well, it's, uh, it goes back, it's, it's Six Sigma te technology. The, the, um, using the energy level in the waveform, um, you can determine within 99.999999% certainty, this is shots fired. And then using, using the energy level and waveform, we can also give you that same certainty that the, the ballistic of the weapon being used. That's, that's actual science, it's physics. There's a lot of things included in that. Um, the, the technology that, we, you know, that I looked at that had been out there for a long period of time is, is basically, it's, it's called acoustic signature match. Um, and it's a scientific term for a loud bang. So it's a sensor waiting for a loud bang. This, you know, kids screaming, a locker, you know, locker slamming, a, a backfire of a car, um, what causes this technology to, to alert. And that's not effective. You know, this, we, we can't do that in, in schools. We can't be tripping the alarm for a loud noise all the time. Um, and these, this technology is very power hungry. So you have to run, like I said, the Cat 5, Cat 6 to it. Um, they don't have the detection range. Usually it's about 2,500 um, square feet, it's, which isn't really that great. So you have to deploy them all over the place indoor. And if you're paying $2,000 or whatever it is that they cost for that, those sensors, it's, it's just, it's, it's cost prohibitive. And a, and a lot of the, um, the focus groups that we had were, you know, large um, school districts, large corporate environments, and um, an airport. And the airport told us that the, the wire technology ate up, just the installation cost, ate up his entire security budget for an entire year. So, you know, this, is a, so this, this made this, this technology, you know, worth all that more, you know, to pursue and to deploy. Um, we have the better detection range. We can be wireless. You don't have to run CAT6 to it. Um, we made it a passive system, so um, it's only going to come alert when there's shots fired. Something very close to it is going to come alert, and it's going to go, oh, that wasn't a threat, and go back to sleep. And then once a day, um, it's a supervised device. It's going to report to the EOC that, hey, I'm here, all good. Um, I did a three-point check. If you have any updates, send them to me now. And then it goes back to sleep. So it's, it's um, and again, it's, it's very innocuous. I mean, aesthetically, it's very pleasing. You don't even... It's just like this right. smoke detector on the ceiling. So, so you're saying that they're wireless mm -hmm. and the batteries last how long? Seven years. Seven years. So they're wireless. Uh, they're less expensive than the audio sensing devices? Yes. Okay. And if I'm understanding correctly, a loud snapping or a bang that could sound to that type of ear to be a gunshot it may not necessarily be is that accurate yes sir but you can't fake a 223 round going through the atmosphere at however many you know 100,000 or 1000 feet per second uh you can't fake that and there's nothing that's going to duplicate that unless it's an actual 223 round going through the atmosphere so it can't correct. be fooled correct okay well I'm impressed. Um, I wouldn't have had you on here if I didn't think it was pretty cool, but you know, listening to the deep details of the technology and stuff, it certainly sounds like something that, uh, that I would love to see in schools at least, uh, you know, because look, Lon, let's face it. First responders, a big problem with uh, many of these situations that have happened in the past have been uh, 
the response time, even when law enforcement knows what it is and they get there, they don't know where to start. Uh, I think certainly in the situation at Marjorie Stoneman School High School, when Elliot, uh, uh, Nicholas Cruz was firing, if they'd have known what floor or what part of the building, uh, that probably would have helped. I don't know if it would have stopped it. I don't know if it would have uh, solved the problem, but I would think we know for a fact, and we teach this with Alive, the faster the response by law enforcement, the sooner the assailant is going to either self-terminate or divert their attention away from would-be victims to law enforcement so that they're not killing innocents anymore. Mm -hmm. So if law enforcement knows to enter from the east side of the building because that's where the guy is, that is certainly going to lower the body count, uh, I think. And ultimately, what we're trying to do is make it so that these active shooters are not successful more often than not. So they're just going to lose interest because they're going right. to they're going to be like, hey, uh, I'm probably not going to get away with this, or I'm not going to be able to, uh, you know, kill as many people or you know b get the notoriety I want. I'm going to fail, and we know that their biggest fear is failure. They want to kill as many people possible in a short amount of time as possible. So if this technology actually prevents the mass killing in a short amount of time, maybe they'll choose some other way to deal or cope with their lives. You know, maybe they'll join the gym or do something productive yeah. instead of taking out, you know, all of their issues um, in this way. So, I we're think trying it's, to kill as many people as they possibly can, you know, in the shortest period of time. And that's what we're trying to interrupt. That's exactly right. And then the, the situational awareness for law enforcement, the first responders, you know, the other big piece of this is um, if you look at the uh, Aurora, Illinois, the factory shooting is, is um, you know, this, this man had full intent on, on killing his boss that day. He, brought, he knew he was going to be terminated. He shot his uh, union rep, the HR um, director. He went outside and he shot a few more people in his warehouse. And um, then he took a position somewhere in the warehouse, um, however minutes um, until law enforcement arrived, and then he just started picking off the police officers as they were responding because they, they didn't know where he was. He so this would be done that, you know, this is where he is. He's, he's held up over here on the second floor. He's up in the, you know, rafters or somewhere. Um, this would give him, you know, give them that situational awareness so they can take him out um, faster than, you know, sending in officer after officer and who's getting, you know, shot at. And the other part of it is, um, you know, and, and Dave brought up this point a number of times, is the people who are injured um, are going to be bleeding out on, as it's graphic, but they, they're, they're going to be injured. Law enforcement comes in. They're, they're, their primary and only concern is to take out the neutralizer shooter. Um, so with this technology, we, we can get the, the, the people that are injured triaged faster. This is where he started. This is where we, can, we need to send EMS after the shooter's been neutralized. He started on the second floor. Let's uh, get him there. I see what you're saying. Five to nine minutes. Yeah. So, I, so, so it will determine the distance or help determine the distance between the bad guy and some people that are already fallen. So if we know he's on the east end and we know that there's people, you know, bleeding out on the west end, uh, we're, we could probably send some EMS guys on the west end while, while law enforcement is confronting the guy on the east end. Is that what you're saying? Right. Okay. Right. Or if, even if after these neutralized, and usually they won't send EMS into a hot zone. Um, you know, they, they started adding the, um, you know, the SWAT EMS folks, the tactical EMS, but um, typically in the Aurora theater and um, TSA, 
that if they don't know where the shooter is, they're not sending anybody in. Um, so once they do send somebody in, at least we can get them to the right spot that they're not running around a 150,000 square foot building trying to find right. people that are injured. They're going to know right. where he's been and where he began and, and using cameras and the existing um, security systems to find out where that sh those shots came from first. Yeah. yeah, Michael, the beauty of a couple of things like Jen said and that, um, you know, from my background and Jen and I go around and we, we do a lot of talks and presentations to different uh, venues of, you know, critical infrastructure, whoever it may be, is that um, what she just said is a, a perfect analogy, but it's twofold. If this particular system is tied to the camera, you're going to get a video of where that person is too. You're going to see what kind of weapon they have. And the reason I say that's important from my background is that twofold. One, the officer that's on the SWAT team, having been there, I know what I'm up against. I know what kind of vest to wear. I don't want to go against a two-two-three round that's traveling at 2,700 feet per second versus a nine-millimeter round. I would know what kind of wet vest to wear coming into the scene. But then the second fold in that, and especially from your teaching, is I'm also able to alert the trauma centers that, by the way, get ready for shotgun wounds, get ready for rifle wounds, or it's potentially pistol rounds, or maybe it's all three. Uh, but, you know, that's what happens in the hospitals. And from being there many times in my career, they don't know what to prepare for, for when these wounds come in. Now we know what we can give them that information way ahead of time. And that trauma center is 100% prepared to deal with the 223 round. That makes perfect sense. I, I, I get that. Yeah. With the cameras tied in, man, you know, look, we know that these things, my, my book, 10 Minutes to Live, says it's that because the biggest body count is usually 10 minutes or or, or less. But I think 69% of these things are over in less than five minutes. Yes. So if we can get law enforcement there in four minutes, that's a, we, if, we, if we can save one minute to, to shorten this incident, we can literally save dozens of lives. So... That's great. Well, I, I applaud you guys for what you've done. It sounds like it's a pretty good system. Um, it just so happens that we were all going to meet in Las Vegas next week at the ISC uh, West Conference, the largest you know tech, security technology uh, thing in the world every year. And uh, because of uh, you know the coronavirus, they've decided to push it out till I think July, yeah. which is. Um, going to probably screw up a lot of people's plans who've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this. Some of the big companies spend so much money. So, but it is what it is. So, you know, we've got to do what we can to avoid getting sick. Um, I would like to think that this thing will be uh, over and forgotten in short order when, you know, uh, I don't know if it's going to take a vaccine. I mean, not everybody gets a vaccine for the flu, uh, but it runs its course in a matter of weeks and then, you know, you don't see it much anymore. I'm hoping that's the situation, but I don't know. Either way, um, it's unfortunate we're not going to see each other until then, but I'm sure we'll get together or be talking much in the future. Uh, I am going to certainly... Uh, promote this to uh, the alive clients who want a solution like this because again training and physical apparatus is what it takes to to create the highest level of security awareness and survival of survivability of these incidences so um, you know I'm, I'm pretty excited to find a, a solution like this I want to mention too real quick um, and I'm going to share my screen this is what happens when uh, people do what we say 
And that is, can you see this guy's face? Yes. Yes. So this is a UPS worker was planning on a mass shooting, had 20,000 rounds of ammo and several guns apparently staged, uh, ready to go. And somebody he had said, and you know, this type of violence is, it's, it's a process. It's not an event. It doesn't just happen. It starts and it evolves. All the mass shootings we know of were planned out, took time, incubated. Somebody had a grievance. It got worse and worse and worse. Sometimes they leave um, videos, journals, manifestos, and oftentimes people go, oh yeah, he said something, but I just dis discarded it or I didn't think he was telling the truth or whatever. Um, somebody actually that knew or worked with this guy, he apparently said something that was enough to trigger somebody's uh, brain and common sense and go, maybe I should say something to someone. So they brought it to the authorities' attention and they went and nabbed this guy. And all indicators are that he had intended to go back to the UPS office where he worked and kill as many people as he possibly could. So um, I think that that is a nice little uh, example and testimonial to what we teach in Alive, and that is, you know, one, keep your ears open, your radar on, your antenna up, and when something gets caught in that antenna or on your radar, you got to do something about it. You got to say something about it. Uh, yes. You know, and and you know, this this can head off thwart completely eliminate an active shooter event if we can stop them before they happen so there were there was a zero body count because people did the right thing and that was they recognized a possible threat and they said something to someone so something could be done and one of the other things i want to mention too michael and we we talk about it we also have that is very similar to this it's actually the same technology inside but it's a panic button and the reason that's important to I bring it up to a lot of businesses as Jen do is that because they're wireless, we have a hostile termination. We know that during hostile terminations and you know this from your teachings that people have pulled out guns on hostile termination and kill somebody in an office where the door is closed. Been there, done that, seen it. So what's nice about the panic button because it's portable, it can be placed anywhere, taken anywhere you want. But when it's not, you know, during a hostile termination, it could be placed in a lobby if somebody sees somebody approaching the building before they even get inside and fire the first shot, if they push the panic button, it does the same thing as if the shot has been fired. So are you saying this is a this is a remote uh, battery operated panic button? Yes, sir. Okay, that's great because historically they've all been hardwired. So no. I like the fact that it's what you're doing is providing a solution that's adaptable to the situation. My company does a lot of executive protection for workplace violence mitigation, like hostile terminations. They bring us in and either sit us in the room, in the room where the termination is taking place or next door, next door um, or whatever. So that's actually a, a great, solution to a problem and that is making it adaptable to the certain situation in whatever area that you're going to be in. So that's great. And the thing too, even, you know, once you put this system in place, right, and things change or something gets reconstructed, they're completely movable you know, because they're GPS coordinated. Um, if a room expands, you can add more, you can make, if it gets smaller, you can take one out. So it's very adaptable to any environment. And that's what attracted me when I first looked at Eagle and talk to Jennifer before I came to work here. Um, I know no other system out there on the planet that does that. 
it sounds like a really, really good system. So I, I, you know, you guys are awesome. Um, I don't have a, I have never asked for anyone to sponsor this podcast. So I sponsor myself. So I'm going to give my own commercial. Um, so uh, for anybody interested, that's not already aware or looked at the alive active shooter survival training program, the website is, uh, active shooter survival training.com. Uh, that it will take you to the website where you can find the courses, whether they be in person, the online uh, program, or the uh, instructor certification course. Our next instructor certification course, if you're interested, if you're in the security industry, or you work at a company where you're responsible for the safety and security of others, uh, you can become a, 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 a certified instructor of the live program. It's a two-day course that is going to be April 24th and 25th. Um, we do the podcast, uh, like I said, every couple of weeks. We've got a YouTube channel. If you want to watch uh, other podcasts or see any of the videos or, or news clips or anything from the program. And uh, I want to thank our uh, guests today, uh, Jennifer and David uh, from uh, Eagle Technologies. I think you have a great product. I'm looking forward to learning more about it and mo very, very likely promoting it to my clients because, again, Training is great, but we need training and physical security apparatus if we're going to create the, the most, the, the, the strongest bubble of security around our kids and our employees and, and the places that we go and so forth. So I want to thank you guys again very, very much. And hopefully in two weeks when I have another one of these, we won't have any new active shooter events to talk about. Um, but if we do, we're going to break those down. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you soon. And thank you to all the viewers. Everybody have a great day. All right. Thank, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.